0: I'm going to ask Mark and Patsy Gerard to come up. We're going to light our Advent candle, our fourth and final Advent candle, before we light that middle one. Thank you all. for claiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. We light this candle hold oh. oh, hard it'll come easy. Did you read the last bit? We light this candle. this candle as a symbol of Christ in the way. May the word sent from God through the prophets lead us to the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. Let's start things off this morning by going to God in prayer. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are grateful to be in this warm place on this very chilly morning. We're thankful, though, for the turn of the seasons and uh, that, you know, as we approach Christmas, maybe it feels a little bit like Christmas outside. We're grateful for that. Lord, as we come into this place, we just want to acknowledge you as Lord of all, uh, the one who holds everything in hand, who is in all places and in all times and with us always. We are thankful that you created us and that we are here and that we know that you are and that we can acknowledge that and that we can worship you this morning. Lord, we want to confess that we have not always done the right thing this past week. It's part of what we want to tell you this morning as we come. That we have done things in thought, word, and deed. We've left things undone. We've harmed ourselves. We've harmed others, and we're sorry for that. Please forgive us and help us to do better this week. Uh, we pray that we'd be more attentive to your voice, and that um, as we lean into the week and begin to make choices, that we would make good choices. Choices that. Uh, end in love for you and love for each other, which are the things that Jesus commanded us, love of God and love of neighbor. We also want to bring to you this morning uh, any burden that we may be carrying around this morning that might hinder us from hearing a word from you. We want to call out names of people and situations uh, tragedies, things that are heavy on our hearts, concerns that we have. And we pray that as we call these out, that you would hear our prayer.
1: Tia Johnson.
0: Lord, in your mercy, hear our, mercy. our prayers.
1: My cousin Paige, she has COVID.
0: Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. prayers. Lord, Lord in your mercy,
1: hear our
0: prayers. Travel mercy. (coughs) Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. Legend Calvert. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. Mercy for the homeless. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers.
1: Mercy for the tornado victims.
0: Lord in your mercy hear our prayers
1: Union Church Lord
0: in your mercy hear our prayers Critical family
1: Lord in your mercy hear our prayers
0: <laughs> Unspoken Lord in your mercy hear our prayers Unspoken Lord in your mercy hear our prayers. We lift these and any unspoken requests to you right now. We pray for Grace Church as we head into a brand new year that you would continue to guide us and lead us in the way that you would have us to go, to meet the people that you would have us to meet, to be the community for whom you want us to be community. That is a heavy task, a heavy burden, but we are up to it and we long for it. We thank you for that. Lord, now as we continue with our worship in song, in scripture reading, in children's time, in taking up of offerings, we pray that we would feel your presence in a very real way this morning, and that you would be honored in all things that we say and do. It is in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen.
1: Well, good morning, friends. How are y'all? Feeling good, Feeling good this morning? morning. All right. Did y'all all get some hot chocolate during uh, Sunday school today? Not yet. Oh, we'll have to make sure to get y'all some hot chocolate before you leave today, right before lunchtime. Oh, you already got. You got a lot of hot chocolate yesterday too, huh, Jay? Jay helped me get rid of lots of hot chocolate yesterday. <laughs> it Was very good. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you guys. You know, we're in this period of waiting between Thanksgiving and Christmas break, and I remember being your age, and that used to take like a million years for Christmas. (coughs) Excuse me. Do y'all feel like it takes a really long time for Christmas to come around? (coughs) Yes. I used to think so, too, when I was your age, but parents, do you guys think it takes like a million years for Christmas to come around, or about 12 seconds? 12 seconds. Yes. Uh, When I had a toddler, I realized just how quickly that started to come. But I remember being really excited for Christmas to come. I remember being really excited to be out of school and starting to do all the fun holiday things. Tell me something. Have y'all ever tried to stay awake late to see? Yes. You stay up super late to see who's coming. What about on New Year's Eve? Do y'all stay awake till midnight? Have y'all ever tried to stay awake till midnight? And you wait and you wait and you wait. Have you ever made it to midnight? no not yet yes I got a couple of no's and a couple of yeses yeah it's hard for me to make it to midnight now too I understand I understand but you know what there was another time of waiting that the Israelites were in a long long time ago they were waiting for the Messiah to come who was the Messiah that came at Christmas time who was born Jesus was born, and that's why we light these candles in Advent. This is our reminder that they were waiting. And, you know, we're still waiting for Jesus to come back again. And so we are going to keep celebrating that and remember that every time we think it's taking a million years for whatever it is that we're waiting for to get here. So in just a minute, we're going to go to Children's Church. We're going to have, we have an indoor snowball fight today if you want to come to Children's Church with us. Uh, if not, we do have children's folders. If you want to stay in the service, you can do that too. But would you guys pray with me before we go? All right, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending us Jesus so long ago to show how much you love us. Help us to be patient while we wait for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, let's go to Children's Church. I know, snowball fight, snowball fight. Dang.
0: Okay, uh, Dan, can you preach today? I want to go to the snowball fight. You said you'd be ready. You said you'd be ready at a drop of a hat. Ah, goodness. This morning, we are hanging out with Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, because, well, Christmas is right around the corner, and we're going to switch to the New Testament then. So, let's hear what Malachi has to say. We're going to be reading chapter 3, verses 1 through 7a. I'm reading out of the Message Translation, which is more of a paraphrase than a translation, But sometimes Eugene Peterson just gets it right. So, listen now for a word from the Lord. Look, I'm sending my messenger on ahead to clear the way for me. Suddenly, out of the blue, the leader you've been looking for will enter his temple. Yes, the messenger of the covenant, the one you've been waiting for. Look, he's on his way. A message from the mouth of God of the angel armies. But who will be able to stand up to that coming? Who can survive his appearance? He'll be like white hot fire from the smelter's furnace. He'll be like the strongest lye soap at the laundry. He'll take his place as a refiner of silver, as a cleanser of dirty clothes. He'll scrub the Levite priests clean, refine them like gold and silver until they're fit for God, fit to present offerings of righteousness. Then and only then will Judah and Jerusalem be fit and pleasing to God as they used to be in the years long ago. Yes, I'm on my way to visit you with judgment. I'll present compelling evidence against sorcerers, adulterers, liars, those who exploit workers, those who take advantage of widows and orphans, those who are inhospitable to the homeless, anyone and everyone who doesn't honor me. A message from God of the Angel Armies. I am God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. And because I haven't changed, you, the descendants of Jacob, haven't been destroyed. You have a long history of ignoring my commands. You haven't done a thing I've told you. Return to me so I can return to you, says God of the Angel Armies. A word from God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, may your word be proclaimed through me or perhaps in spite of me this morning. Amen and amen. The year is 539 B.C. An Advent miracle had happened. Because the king of Persia announced that all the exiles in Babylon were free to go home. Not only were they free to go home. He funded the project, here, take money, go home and rebuild your city walls, build your homes, build your farms, build the temple, get back to normal life, go, you're free to go. And so in 539 BC, a new generation of folks who really had grown up in Babylon found themselves traveling back to their homeland, which they had never been in, had never seen, had never lived in. They'd only heard stories about it. They rebuilt their temple and they began to worship at the temple again and bring their sacrifices to the priests at the temple. But i got to tell you, these folks, well, they were slow to return and they were slow to rebuild the city. Their worship was less than enthusiastic. They were bringing uh, sacrifices to the priests that were less than enthusiastic, lame and blind animals, animals that weren't really even fit to be served at dinner. They were slow to put their tithes in the offering plate. All in all, the community was just not living as though the God of angel armies had just done a miracle in their midst and freed them and restored them to their home. And so it's in this scene that one final prophetic voice breaks through it's the voice of one called malachi which really just means my messenger it's not even a name but we call him malachi and malachi gets the last word in the old testament and what he says is folks you need to be on the lookout because someone who is coming will prepare the way for the lord And suddenly the Lord will take up residence again in His temple, and it will be glorious as in the days of old, the stories that you've read about where God's glory filled the temple. This is a day that the people longed for and they prayed for. But He begins this oracle with one word, look, see, behold. It's a word that's meant to grab the hearer's Attention. I think about when you yell squirrel around a dog. They stop and look, right? This is what Malachi is doing. I can imagine the people stopping whatever they're doing and they look up to see who is this messenger that Malachi is speaking of. Who is coming to prepare the way. But no one appears on the horizon. And so they turn back to the whatever it was they were doing. And five years goes by. And ten years go by, and fifty years go by, and one hundred years go by, and two hundred and fifty years go by, and five hundred years go by, and still no messenger arrives on the horizon. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a pretty short attention span. Is that true, Elena? I have a short attention span, right? If you yell squirrel, I'll look up for a second but not for 250 years, not for 500 years. And yet this is what Malachi says before the Old Testament goes silent. Before there is silence in the Old Testament, Malachi says, pay attention, stay awake, behold, look out, he's coming, he's coming. Very similar to the same message that Jesus spoke to his disciples. Matthew 24, Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Stay awake. Pay attention, like a thief in the night, he's coming suddenly out of the blue. And they waited 500 years, 500 years before John the Baptist comes wandering out of the wilderness wearing camel fur and eating bugs, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord And Jesus caught them all off guard. And we've waited 2,000 years for his return. And I wonder if he will catch us off guard too. Malachi tells them, I know y'all are looking for this day. That you're saying, come. Come, Lord, come. Just as we say now, come, Lord Jesus, come. Y'all are praying for this day, but I need you to know That when He appears, it's not going to be roses and cotton candy. Because when the Lord returns, it's time to settle up accounts. It's time to make all things square. It's time for the refining fires of judgment to discard all that cannot dwell in that place. This is why it's called the great and terrible day of the Lord. Great, and that God's coming, and God's going to make all things right, and God will be all in all terrible in that I am part of what needs to be fixed in the world. Fortunately, Malachi compares God's judgment to a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. These are not uh, uh, the fires that burn away and destroy. These are the ones that refine and cleanse all impurities so that what is precious at the core can be preserved and saved. Like they used to do in the olden days. You get a chunk of gold and you drop it into the molten whatever it is and the impurities rise to the top and you sift them off. Right. This is a separation process I'm thankful for that too long we have been scared of the wrath of God as though the fire is something to be feared you know I've thought long and hard about what it means to have faith to believe in Jesus as we're told in the Bible that you need to believe in Jesus and the older I get the more I'm convinced that part of that at least what it means to have faith is Trusting in Christ's need to judge me. Part of what it means to believe in Jesus is to welcome that cleansing process, because it needs to happen. You know in the Bible, God's fire is almost always attached to purification. Like Malachi talks here, refining gold and silver. John the Baptist said, one is coming who will baptize you with fire. This is a purification process. And the way I see it, I can either run from God and ignore the things that I know need to change in me, or I can turn and face Jesus and embrace that cleansing fire. Submit in trust or run in fear. Either way, it's going to catch up to me. Now, don't get me wrong, there's no part of refining with fire that sounds appealing to me. Does it sound appealing to you? No part of that that sounds appealing. Can we just have hot hot cocoa and put a fire in the fireplace and unwrap presents, Jesus? Facing up to my secrets, confessing my wrongs openly before God and maybe others healing the harm that I've done to myself and others, none of that sounds fun. But Malachi says it must happen. It must happen and everyone's going to face it whether we like it or not. And so I think that facing God in that mode, forfeiting imperfections, well, that might be heaven for some and it might be hell for others. And so I think about Malachi's command to stay alert and Jesus telling his disciples stay awake because you do not know when this thing is going to happen. Pay attention. (coughs) And I wonder how are you supposed to stay awake for 2,000 years? It gets harder and harder with each generation. And I wonder if part of the way that we can stay awake is to begin to do an assessment now, both individually and as a body. Begin to look at these things that need to be cleansed away now. Spend time as we wait and watch in identifying and discarding anything that's going to be burned up on that day anyway. Stubble that will just not last through that process. But in doing this, I think somehow, some way, if Malachi knows what he's talking about, somehow we contribute to the timeline of ushering in this day because Malachi ends this section with saying, return to me and I will return to you. Return to me and I will return to you. We ask, when will the Lord return? We don't know. Jesus said no one knows. But somehow, some way, it involves our willingness to take assessment and return to him now. That's what Advent is all about. We think about this time in which Jesus came as a baby and his promise to return and we take assessment. Lord, what needs to be burned away that's not going to last into that place? Go ahead and show me now. Go ahead and begin that process now so that there's less to burn away on that day. We have our various groups that meet and and, uh, on Tuesday, we meet on Thursday. And we talk about these scriptures, and and Mary brought up something I thought was really interesting that I hadn't connected until she said it. She reminded me of a story about how during the Babylonian uh, exile, there were three young Israelites that were committed to staying faithful to God no matter what. They were in a foreign land. They're in this waiting period, this advent waiting period. When is God going to come and rescue us? And they said, you know what? In the meantime, we're going to stay faithful to God. And the king of Babylon thought that he would build this big statue made out of gold. We don't really know what it was. Was it a god? Was it a statue of the king himself? We don't know. But he said, hey, listen, when the bells chime, everybody has to bow down to this thing. And these three young Israelites say, we can't do that, king. We can't do that. He gave him one last chance. He said, if you don't do it, I'm going to throw you in the fire. And this is not the cleansing fire that we've been talking about. Like this is the real deal fiery oven that he heats up seven times hotter and says, do it or I'm tossing you in. This is what they said. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, then let him deliver us. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Do you know this story? Mm-hmm. It's out of the book of Daniel. Do you know their names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shake the bed, make the bed, and into bed we go. Right? <laughs> These three young guys give us an example of what vigilance looks like while you're waiting under pressure. Right? Right? They are fully awake. They fully know what's going on. I don't know about the other people. They, they might have been getting sleepy. You know, it's just like making their home in Babylon, like, we're never going to get out of this place. Like, this is it. But these three guys, for some reason, are holding on to some alert, awake, conscious faith. And when they're pressured to give that up, they go the extra mile and they trust God looking into the fire itself. Right? They fully embraced God's goodness no matter what the outcome was going to be. We're going to trust in God. Now, they're rescued from the fire. right? They get, they get thrown in, but they don't burn up. It's a great story. Fantastic story. But they didn't know that. They said in their, in their, in their thing before, uh, we don't know if we're going to get burned up or not, but it doesn't really matter. We're going to stay committed to God. Like, that's it. So do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so amazing to read that because it is connected to what we're talking about here. See, the good news is that Malachi says, your Lord is the one who wields the fire. It's not the king of Babylon you need to be worried about. It's the king of the universe that you need to concern yourself with. But here's the good news. The one who wields that cleansing fire has announced from cradle to cross that he is absolutely crazy about you. Right? That's the story of Christmas. That's the story of Easter. That God's absolutely crazy about (laughs) us. Which means we don't have to be afraid of the fire. We don't have to be afraid of that day. And so as we wrap up Advent, as we get closer and closer to Christmas... I want to urge you, don't give up looking. Let's encourage each other to stay awake. Don't fall asleep. I know it's been a long time. But don't give up looking for him. And don't be afraid of that day. Go ahead and look inward for the things that need to be cleansed and burned away. Because Jesus is not slow in coming as some understand slowness. In fact, Dan, today might be the day. Maybe today. today. And so to that, we say, thank you, Lord, for Christmas. And come, Lord Jesus, come. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for this final word in the Old Testament. Even though if it's a little frustrating for for Malachi to say, keep alert and watch for a messenger to come. And we've been watching so long. But it's a word we need to hear today. It's a word we need to be reminded of. And we trust you in the cleansing that you long to do in each and every one of us. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you grab the hand of the person next to you and receive this blessing? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know that you are perfectly loved, you're completely forgiven, and you are uniquely empowered. And now you're called to go out into the world and live as a light for Jesus. As you go, you're probably going to make some mistakes this week, because we all do. And I need you to know when you make those mistakes, there's nothing you can do that would make God love you any less. Because God's love for us is not based on our performance. It's rooted in His very nature. God is love. And so that when He looks at us, He says, My beloved, I am crazy about you. I love you just as you are. And I love you too much to leave you there. And so I hope that we begin to embrace that part of God that wants to move us into the likeness of Christ And I hope that you are blessed this week in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go from this place in peace. Amen.